your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I am once again joined by ESPN Radio's 99.9 The Fan, Alec Campbell. How are you doing this afternoon, Alec? I'm good, man. How are you? I am doing well, but enjoying my days off. So we are at the midway point of the hurricane season now. And, you know, just up front, what has impressed you the most out of the team this year so far? Uh, probably the goaltending, I would say. But, I mean, it's hard to be really disappointed. I mean, it's hard to be hard to find an area where they're not really good. I mean, just look at the, the, the basic numbers for goals for goals again, pretty elite. So I don't, I mean, you can run in every category, but I don't think that's really that realistic. They're top five in all those categories. So they've been really good, but I think the, the big thing is probably the goaltending. Just having Frederick Anderson do what he's done. Auntie Ranta, when he's been around for the most part, has been really good too. And that's all in the wake of what they did in the offseason, which was, you know, send a really good goaltending tandem away. Mm-hmm. Alex Nedeljkovic and James Reimer collectively were really good last year. Maybe they weren't as good as they needed to be in the playoffs, which is where it matters, but generally speaking, they were awesome last year. So a big gamble that's paid off and it's paid off exponentially. Yeah. You actually brought up a few things I was going to ask you about with any particular players standing out for good or bad reasons. You obviously meant mentioned Frederick Anderson, Auntie Ranta, any other guys there that have Mm -hmm. impressed you more so than you would have thought at the beginning of the season? I mean, Tony D'Angelo stands out to me. I think that he's been great. I think that he has been an upgrade to Dougie Hamilton. I know Tripp got a lot of flack for that a week ago when he said it, but I've been saying it on my own Kane's podcast for a couple months now. It didn't take me long to see Tony D'Angelo and think that he was a better player than Dougie Hamilton. Um, I mean, and, and again, it's not to disparage Dougie at all. But I like the compete factor in D'Angelo. I think it was game one where he chased somebody down in the Islanders and just mushed him in the face and took him to the ice. Um, so I like that from him. I think his IQ, his hockey sense and his IQ is, is good. Um, he obviously is offensive-minded. I think he's been better defensively than we thought he was going to be. And the compete defensively, I think, is something you didn't get with Buggy Hamilton. So, like, I'm fine making the comparison because I think it was it's the natural comparison to make and to pretend like that's not the case is just just disingenuous. Mm -hmm. It's just so to me, he has stood out. Uh, I've liked the play of Aho and Svechnikov. Um, You know, to me, in my head, the way this team is the best version of themselves is if Svechnikov is kind of driving the bus 
and Aho is sort of his, you know, secondary man, I guess mm-hmm. to say. But without, I don't really want to diminish Sebastian Aho necessarily. But you know, if you want to make the the Batman Robin comparisons or whatever, you can do that. But it's kind of turned out to be, be different. Where Aho has been more of the bus driver, although I think Svechnikov has really come on here lately. I think he's the last month or so of Svechnikov has been great. Yeah, he has. And been. so, I mean, and I think there's a certain style of, we just kind of have to get used to with, with Svech. I mean, for a long time, we were crushing him for the penalties he takes. And, you know, he still takes a couple of those, although I think he's a little bit more disciplined than he used to be. But I think we got to get comfortable with, you know, a final game line that looks kind of like, you know, a, a goal and an assist or uh, maybe two assists and five hits and four penalty minutes and, you know, a giveaway here or there, whatever. That's, uh, to me, that's kind of become sort of the standard. But he's he's all over the ice pretty regularly and he impacts a lot of things he gets tons of great scoring chances he gets tons of high danger chances so i've liked where his game has gone this year and i've liked the duo i guess of aho and svechnikov so i would say that those two have stuck out to me on the positive jordan stall obviously sticks out to me on the negative in terms of the fact that he's gone now 31 or 32 games without scoring a goal, and he's only got like seven points in the midst of all of that. And I'm not sure it's that negative. Like, that's the thing with a lot of these things we're looking at right now. I would worry more about it if it was hurting them. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I look at negatives on the team, that would be one of them. But they're where they are without him scoring a bunch of goals. The only other negative I would look at from their team game is just, they take too many penalties. They give up too many power plays, except they have the number one PK in the league. So it's kind of one of those things for me where it's not an issue until it's an issue. And right now it's not an issue. So I don't spend, I don't expend much energy worrying about those things necessarily. I do think that, you know, in terms of the the power plays they give up, it's probably not a sustainable plan like, I don't think you necessarily want to keep doing that, but right. so far they've been able to mitigate them. Yeah, they have. And that was something I was going to ask, you know, in areas that you feel that need to be improved. I've definitely said penalties as well. They're taking too many, but like you said, it's not really hurting them. They have the top penalty killing unit in the league. And you mentioned at uh, when you first started speaking that, the Hurricanes gave up a really good goalie tandem that they had here. And I was definitely on the fence with how that would play out this year. You look at Frederick Anderson's last couple of years in Toronto, not great. Auntie Ranta, I think last season played like nine games or something like that. Wasn't a lot. So I was really on the fence of how is this going to play out, but they have definitely made me eat my words in my preseason predictions. And I also predicted we'd see the return of all-star Sebastian Ajo this season. So that's one I actually got right. But where have you uh, fallen at, on your preseason predictions so far at this midway point? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't recall making any real predictions about the season, but I always felt like this team was going to be a good team. I think that what they did in the offseason – 
made them a deeper team. And I think that they have the right mix of like young guys that have, that are, that have been around and are coming into their primes right now with veterans um, and stars and workhorse guys, offensive defensemen with defensive defensemen. I mean, I just feel like they've got a lot of diverse pieces that are, that have converged at the right time and in the right place. You know, the D'Angelo thing, it's like, it fits perfectly with the time because he needed new life in the league. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. We needed to replace Dougie Hamilton somehow, and this is an a market where you can sort of reinvent yourself without the hoopla of, of, you know, major market media and all that kind of stuff. And you can kind of live your life as a, as a hockey, as a professional hockey player without being bothered too much. And so that's just one example of how things kind of fell into place. I felt for this team. So I was, you know, I'm not sure I thought they were going to be, the fourth best scoring team in the league or the the top goaltending team goals against team in the league or whatever. But I always felt like they had a chance. I mean, really at this point, I feel like they're closer to a Stanley cup title than they have been in any of the previous three seasons where they've made the playoffs. So I guess to some extent, my predictions are, are coming to fruition, but again, Mm -hmm. I didn't really make them. And I kind of always felt like they'd be good. And once you get to the playoffs, that's really what matters at this point. Like, this isn't about making the playoffs anymore. It's about making a run in the playoffs and making yeah. a run to the cup final for me. And anything else really is a failure. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily love being – like, sometimes I think that's cliche by athletes. are like, oh, we failed. Well, I mean, you had, you had a really good season. And, the, you know, I'm not going to – when the season's over, if they lose in the conference finals, call them failures. But really the goal at this point is to get to a conference final, to get to a Stanley Cup final and compete for a Stanley Cup. And I think they're closer to that this year than they they have been in the last few. Yeah, I do agree there. It's definitely got past that point of, oh, let's just make it back to the playoffs. It's now, all right, you're a consistent playoff team. You are a top five team in the NHL. Like you got to start making runs. You can't just Mm -hmm. choke out in the first and second round every year. But you did mention that, you know, we don't have the big market media here in Raleigh. And the Hurricanes outside of Raleigh and the surrounding area, they don't get a lot of love when it comes to hockey coverage, aside from you know, the mention on ESPN stuff, you know, like that. What do you feel it will take for the team to really start getting talked about in other markets and nationwide? if anything. 
I mean, I, I don't see a ton changing. This team mm-hmm. has to be good. They have to be a yeah. cup contender in order to be talked about elsewhere. And even in this, this market, I mean, let's be honest about it. Hockey doesn't move the needle like other sports around here do. I mean, it doesn't really move the needle in the country. I mean, no markets really are, you know, unless you're Detroit or Philly, Boston, New York. I mean, I'm I'm not even sure those guys talk about their NHL teams all that much. Mm -hmm. So like locally, I, you know, I just, especially considering all the other stuff we got going on here. I mean, I mean, College basketball, college sports, college football, those are just those are so ingrained in this market that that's not gonna change anytime soon. In terms of nationally, I mean it's just about winning. If you win mm-hmm. and once we get to once we get to playoff time and people get to see this team regularly, they'll get more pub. But I don't really I mean that's that's the same every year for this team. Yeah. And now the all-star game is actually just think about, you know, a few days away. And this year, the Hurricanes are sending Sebastian Ajo, Frederick Anderson, and then Rod Brendamore as in as the head coach. And in years past, it felt like sometimes they just sent whoever because they had to send someone. You could say, you know, there's for a while there's all right, they're sending Justin Falk. And mm-hmm. this year, yeah, you know, as a fan, it's obviously enjoyable to see them sending multiple guys with other guys that had cases to get sent, like Andre mm-hmm. Speshikov, he was the last man in nominee. You can always yeah. say Jacob Slavin. Uh, so how is it for you, you know, as someone who covers the team and has covered the team for years from those, you know, bad years up to these good years, how is it for you to have multiple guys that could, you know, per- are performing at an all-star level? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a, a symbol of, the job that they've done as an organization drafting players and finding and, you know, making Rod the decision they made to make Rod Brindamore the head coach and the, the pieces that they have put around them, the, 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 the analytics teams that the hurricanes utilize. I mean, I think that's a, a testament to what they've done and their development for some of these guys, but it's also kind of like what you said, like it's finally we have, bona fide NHL stars on this team. And they're not just getting the nod because, you know, we're sending a customary player or whatever Mm -hmm. just just to represent the team. They've earned their way there. They deserve to be there. They're recognized by their peers and others around the league. And so, I mean, it's great to have players doing that. But for me, it's more a reflection of what the organization has done to find and cultivate these players players as much as it is anything else yeah i i agree there it's definitely like you said earlier everything just finally coming together at the right time it's enjoyable to watch as a fan and as someone who covers the team it makes it a lot more fun to cover the team rather than always having to reach for something positive or like oh you know you know this guy you know even though he's getting sent you know maybe if he was on another team he wouldn't get sent you know so it, it's definitely a lot more enjoyable as someone who covers the team. And with the all-star game approaching, that also means the trade deadline is coming as well. And that's right around the corner, March 21st, about a month and a half-ish away. Do you feel the Hurricanes need to make any moves? And if so, 
who do they go after? So I think that I think that the team is currently constructed and as long as they all stay healthy is capable of getting the job done. I agree. So so I I don't really think they necessarily need somebody but we really can't bank on them staying healthy especially in this pandemic. Mhm. So you just you just never know when you're going to lose somebody for whatever reason. So I I don't want to say they they shouldn't go look for something because like I think defensively on the on the blue line that's where a lot of the talk I think is is getting you know you've seen I've seen John Klingberg's name floating around out there that's been kind of a rumor for a couple of months or whatever so maybe that's the right move but I think you look at the blue line and you kind of have your back end blue liners who are sort of shaky, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the Ethan bears, the Ian Coles, the Brendan Smiths, like. Got like if one of them goes down or if one of your top players goes down, like, I think it could be helpful to have some insurance there just based on what you've got, you know, in the like five, six, seven, you know, range, you could, you could find to, to jump in and play. Um, that would be kind of the way I'd go about it is it's more about insurance in case something happens. You don't want to get caught with your pants down in yeah. a year when you have to win, when you're trying to win the cup and you don't have these windows very often. So they really should try to make sure that they are covered if somebody goes down. That's that's kind of how I stand on it because this window's get you know it's going to close eventually. This is a prime year to try to win one, and they should do everything they can to try to do that. Yeah, I agree there. I forget who I was talking to. I think it was one of my friends. We were having the conversation of like, oh, do they do anything at the trade deadline? And we we're both in agreement, like all right, the team's really, really good right now. It's not like, it's not like they have to go out and make a move. It's just like, like you mentioned, little tiny things. Like, is that going to hold up for the Hurricanes? Mm-hmm. Like the back end blue line. One other one that worried me a little bit was goaltending. While Freddie Anderson has been an absolutely brick wall on Tiranta, he has had a couple injuries already this year, which is something that did, concern me when he has played he has played really well but it's just him yeah. staying healthy do we trust Alex Lyon to be the number two guy in the playoffs do we trust Jack LaFontaine to be the number two guy in no. the playoffs so it was just one of those things like do we make a move for uh you know edge goaltender or something like that so well, that was one thing I questioned there yeah, I mean, in terms of the goaltender situation, I think it's a little different mm-hmm. once you get to the playoffs because generally in the playoffs you're riding, yeah, you're right. riding one guy a majority of the time anyway. So um, like it it, it obviously wouldn't be ideal if you lost Ronta. I w- Jack LaFontaine for me is out of the question. That's oh, not yeah, even. I agree. <laughs> that's that's not even a consideration. That guy's not ready to play in the NHL. You know. They made the deal they had to make in order to get him out of college, which I think included the start the other night. I mean, Rod Brindamore 
basically told us that the other day. So, but he's just, he's not ready to play. So that's mm-hmm. not even a question for me. Alex Lyon, not ideal, but I think a little more reliable if you need him. Yeah. Um, and has proven that he can play. I mean, we won at least one game, maybe, maybe two this year. I can't remember. Um, so I, I think that's less of a concern for me anyway, the way I see it. But I think it would be more about a skater type, mm-hmm. pr- probably particularly on the blue line, just to cover you. Because what, what do you do if Jacob Slavin gets injured? You yeah. know, what, what do you do if um, if Brett Pesci or or even Brett Shea is having a good year, you mm-hmm. know, um, or, or Tony D'Angelo? What do you do if one of those guys gets injured? You know, I think those those would be huge blows that you can't patch up with a Brendan Smith or an Ethan Bear or an Ian Cole or, you know, whoever whoever else might be in the mix. And those guys are key pieces when you talk about this being a Stanley Cup contending team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely really big pieces. It's just we're at that point now. Just got to wait and see what happens. And yeah. now – one thing that I realized the other day, 2022 is the 25-year anniversary of the Hurricanes moving to Raleigh. Obviously, we'll talk more about that anniversary later on in the year on the show. But what are some of your favorite memories over the years of being a fan of the team, covering the team over the course of this 25 years? This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And plus, everything in between. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And don't forget, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I mean, well, the thing the thing about me is like, yes, I was there during the Greensboro days, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, I, li- I grew up in North Carolina, so I was here when they came, right? I went to a couple of games in Greensboro, went to a, a game when I was in college there and followed the team through their couple of cup runs early, early on, but wasn't, you know, wasn't really as invested as I am now. Mm-hmm. So my, my favorite memories really are recent. I mean, the one where they finally got into the playoffs after the 10 year drought a few years ago, that's probably my favorite memory is just Peter Morozik on the ice after the game, um, you know, finding out in real time that the Canes had um, clinched a playoff berth, 
you know, the, the, we are in, we are in chance yeah. when he was sitting on the bench, like I'll never forget that. I mean, that was, that was as big a night. That was probably a bigger night than anything they did in the playoffs, honestly, that year. And I mean, they, they went far. Remember they, mm-hmm. they, they beat Washington in seven games, swept the Islanders, went to that third round series. And we, you know, in my post game show after the game, we spent more time on that night when they they got in just fielding phone calls and, and taking people's emotions than I think we did on any playoff night. Because at that point, that's what it was about. It was about getting back to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much – the expectation wasn't necessarily winning a cup. Even though you get in the playoffs, you got a shot. So I would say that that night stands out a lot to me. Yeah, that that's definitely up there. That's probably like top five Hurricanes moment all time for me. I remember there was obviously Stanley Cup. I remember when being in my parents' living room on the old fatback TV of watching it, horn sounded, you know, me nine years old at the time, you know, jumping up and down, all excited for that. Uh, finally getting to meet Rod Brindamore was great. Uh when I drunk tweeted Jordan Martin saying I want to go have a beer with him, then he responded, I was like, Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that that was great too. Yeah. Uh so there's been a lot of stuff that I remember one. It's at my where is it at? I, I remember it was I think like 2002. They're doing like a hockey stick giveaway. And it was like street hockey sticks and it had like all the signatures of the team signed on there at the time. I remember going to that game with my dad. So that was really fun as well. Uh, but now you mentioned nice. uh, the Hurricanes at one point. It was just them getting back to the playoffs was the thing. And the big question everybody is asking right now across the sports world, who do you got? Bengals or the Rams? Bengals are the team that they got in. Huh. They got a shot. So who you got? Bengals or the Rams? Yeah. So – so I've been riding the Rams all year. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've loved their team since day one. I remember, I think it was week one or two, uh, Matt Stafford slinging it around and me being like that team, that team's going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So like they've had their ups and downs and Matt Stafford has his ups and downs. Like he has his weird games where he throws bad interceptions and we, you know, just terrible, makes terrible decisions. Yeah. And but the the real the real difference for me as it pertains to this game is on the line of scrimmage. I saw the other day that the Rams pass block win rate and pass rush win win rate are number one in the league. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals pass block win rate and pass rush win rate are very very low. Mm-hmm. So the Rams to me have the most balanced team. They've got the, one of the best secondaries in the league. They've got one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. Um, their D line gets after you. That O line for the Bengals is no good. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow has been just, he has been bailing them out time after time. And on offense, they've got the best wide receiver in the league this year. They've got two good backs. I mean, they're they're a balanced offensive attack. The weird part about all this is 
that their biggest liability is probably Matt Stafford, and he's still a top 12 quarterback in the league, top mm-hmm. 10 maybe, depending on who you're talking about, talking to. I like Matthew Stafford. I'm a Matthew Stafford guy. Always have been. So they've they've got, to me, the way more complete team. So I'm riding the Rams. But listen, Burrow's been great. They've got a great young core with some of their receivers, T. Higgins and Lamar Chase and those dudes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think – I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals won the game. But at the end of the day, man, football is one in the line of scrimmage for me. And that's where the Rams have a decided, decided edge. So I'm sticking with them. Yeah, I, I do agree there. Uh, you know, obviously my pick, you know, of course me being a Patriots fan, like, oh, I want the Patriots to win the Super Bowl again. But, you know, realistically, you know, I did think, uh, okay, Rams, they are the most balanced team in the NFL. So, you know, of course I picked them, you know, my real Super Bowl prediction. Uh, but obviously, you know, when a team gets hot, they get hot. You look at the Hurricanes that year, they went to the conference final. They got hot at the right time, and they made that run. Bengals have made their run, so we'll see what happens. But thank you for coming on the show, Alec. Where can yep. everyone find you on social media if they want to keep up with you? On Instagram and Twitter, friend me on there all that often. Um, I'm not on anything else. Kind of, I just got rid of all the rest of it. I just don't spend any time on TikTok. I don't spend any time on Snapchat. So I just got rid of all that. Instagram, Twitter. That's it. I feel that I definitely need to cut back on some of that stuff. But thank you for coming on the show. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the All Star game this weekend. All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. You too. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Alec Campbell from ESPN 99.9. I know his audio cut out there a little bit at the end, so if you want to find him on social media, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at AlecCampbell5. And as always, you can find Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared underscore 96, and I will talk to you in the next episode.